Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am talking with Janine Ballon. Managing Director, F4D Solutions, Fashion for Development. Perfect. Hello, Janine. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Thank you. So, to begin with, could you please introduce yourself, please? Uh, would you mean introduce myself as a person or myself as an organization? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I have been involved in the fashion industry for 30 plus years. Uh, I've worked for many global brands um, around the world. Um, just recently left uh, PBH Corp, which is uh, Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, yeah. last year. Uh, before that, um, I, I spent a large part of my career, almost 13 years there. Before that, I was um, working for the auto group in Germany uh, internationally, um, building supply chains and running supply chains uh, in India, uh, Turkey, um, and uh, other regions um, for them in the Eastern Europe and, and Europe, as well as subcontinent. Um, so... My career kind of spans uh, an array of uh, product development, production. Um, up till recently, I was heading global innovation. Um, and uh, I really kind of developed mostly into product development. I started again last year um, with Fashion for Development. I've been working with them for uh, on and off about seven years. Um, as I had a full-time job, I could only... Uh, you know, donate my time at, at, at a certain pace. Um, but recently, I uh, joined them to really spearhead where I felt was really needed, which is um, the supply chain break in uh, the fashion industry, to utilize innovation and clean manufacturing technology to uplift and be a, be a much more responsible supply chain for fashion and for beauty. Perfect. Uh, my very first question is, What are we talking about when we are talking about sustainable fashion? What does it mean, sustainable fashion? Well, it's a very large word. <laughs> it has many meanings. And uh, it, 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 unfortunately, um, it's been overused and used in, in, in the incorrect context uh, of late. Uh, sustainable fashion uh, is supposed to mean responsible fashion, yeah. um, meaning that you utilize and manufacture uh, the products that you're, that you're going to be selling Um, with the utmost care, um, restricting chemicals, water usage, social labor, um, paying living wage, uh, doing the right thing for hum human resources and humanity. Um, and in general, there are a lot of uh, details that can go into that. But it, it, in the essence, that is what a responsible, sustainable supply chain is supposed to mean. Okay. And why did you decide you didn't go into that direction? You know, you've, you've got quite a big career behind you. What has been this eureka moment when you decided to say, okay, that's enough. I need to do something more, much more sustainable and much more relevant for myself. Uh, unfortunately, it was a wake-up um, that I, I was trying to do internally. Um, it was really to try to push much more sustainable uh, practices. And um, what I felt is that I could do more from the outside than I could do in just one organization. 
um, with my experience and with my knowledge globally I and, and my product and uh, technical expertise, I really thought that I could use and be a, a force from the outside and, and being part of uh, someone like the United Nations and some and very large like Bogitalia and and really great um, collaborators in our programs, I felt that we could communicate a, a, a much to a broader audience than yeah. if I was just working at one yeah, organization. Yeah. We can feel a, a, a right shift at the moment. Mm-hmm. Everything is talking about it, and we can see on at Première Vision and people people are looking for more sustainable yarn, more sustainable way of doing. Um, What are the danger of that? First of all, my question is, is what are the danger of that? Mm. Uh, and my second question is, why do you think we are at a, at a, at a, at a, how do you say it? At a tipping shift, point. Yeah, tipping yeah. point. Why everybody is talking about it right now? Well, because I believe that we are very limited in our time. And if no one is paying attention and CEOs for large companies haven't um, been paying attention, Um, now is really the time that they have to because I think it's going to be a matter of the next generation uh, deciding not to buy the products um, because they're not trustworthy and they want to uh, they want to have the capability to understand what is what's in the products that they're they're, they're buying um, also that the environmental impact on bad or ir- irresponsible supply chain sourcing um, is affecting their lives and will affect next generations to come so mm. It's, it's a smart decision. It's also a financial decision because you, you have to de-risk your business, right? And no one wants to finance or want to be part of a company that is not doing the right thing um, because it's also a financial um, risk for them to be putting the money in the shareholders. Okay. And what are the, the, the direction you, you, you advise to go? I think the, 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 the main problem is the overconsumption, is overproduction, right? Correct. Uh, Fast fashion. Yeah. Yes. How do you, Bad how do you planning. Make, yeah. How do you make this, this thing? Um, well, we need to change your business model. At the well, end of the, the, the business models have to change. And yeah. if, you don't fun- if you don't fundamentally change your business model, um, there's going to be an issue going forward. I do believe that people want to be more individual. People want specialized products. I think customization will be a very important part of the future. And I think that we're going to innovate out of the supply chain. I think what we're, what we're seeing is that you can't just keep beating the old practices and trying to change them, is that people are going to have to innovate and do new things in their supply chain that they've, they've been used to. Yeah. That means purchasing products that are closer to the source, raw materials and spinning and weaving and knitting all should be quite close to each other, um, not shipping them from different parts of the world. And, uh, you know, a closer supply chain is going to mean a much more efficient supply chain. That means that you also reduce lead times, meaning that you don't have to buy 12 months to 18 months out of the, the year um, and, and poorly plan mm. because uh, they can't estimate what the, you know, the amount that they need in stock. So I think that you're starting to see that businesses are suffering from this and that if they don't reinvent and, and look at new innovative ways to produce and manufacture and um, to be part of the fashion industry then they will not exist mm-hmm. can you explain us exactly what you are doing with your clients uh, so you know for the most part we were started as a, an awareness um, 
as a platform for social consciousness to uh, for people to really understand. But what we're doing now at F4D Solutions is we are building the connective tissue and the ecosystem for the best supply chain, vetted, ca- capable um, materials, the best way to produce the the most social and uh, economical and let's say environmental yeah. way so that people can come now because the big the big companies have their own supply chains what you have are are more smaller more individualized companies that really don't have that power to maybe to to have the resources in house to produce something more sustainably and what we're doing is creating that ecosystem okay. where you will sign on you will have content also people have eco anxiety now you what know, in the mean? sense that it's overwhelming yeah. Yeah. Uh, to make the decision because you're really not sure what the correct decision is, yeah. right? One day you can read that polyester's good or bad, and you know there's just so many uh, different voices out there yeah. echoing in this space yeah. um, that's creating a lot of static and uh, misinformation. So what we hope to do is to uh, consolidate that information t- to give you a real perspective and to give you the resources and where to activate those those supply chains. Okay. Can you tell me t- tell us a little bit more about uh, what you are doing with UN? So we uh, were started with Evie Evangelo, who is the head of fashion for development uh, over almost 10 years. We 10 year anniversary coming up this year. Um, and she started on the auspice uh, with Ban Ki Moon to really uh, have a voice in beauty and fashion um, through the United Nations and the programs that they're, they're, they're looking to do and that, you know, um, fashion really um, and the industry affects so many people globally. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a big employer. Um, it has so much impact on the environment. So what we really wanted to do is to try to shed light on how uh, we can give voice to those people and also to highlight good things, um, to promote real capable programs that are available out there that people and companies can use. Um, and so that's really how we started with building the building blocks. Uh, next week we have the luncheon on Tuesday the 24th uh, where we'll be honoring um, you know, the House of Alaya, which is um, you know, an old classic uh, company that has been around for generations. Um, but also a lot of people in the industry um, Of course, we're going to highlight uh, President Macron's uh, G7 uh, fashion pact, Mm. um, that he has been a leader in the world in in pushing forward. Um, We hope that um, out of this pact, a lot of great, uh, let's say, um, metrics for these companies to sign on in biodiversity and ocean um, and in environmental impacts that they're doing right now. So, you know, 32 companies have signed on with the G7 Fashion Pact. Uh, I, I hope more will sign on to it and we can get some considerable um, metrics to really gauge the transparency and traceability yeah. and what we're actually, um, how we can change what we're doing now into yeah. something better. But I think for, for people like us, you know, and I'm sure most of the people who are listening to this podcast, it seems a bit. Um, it looks like another, another, another pact, another. Um, yes, it's non-binary. It's not. Yeah. It's not binding. Yeah. So no one. There's no legal ramifications, yeah. and unfortunately, um, but until what do we, need? we need legal, right? Yes, we need something policy in place, um, and that's the only way companies will change. Um, we hope that this will in- ignite or initiate the tipping point. 
for a real policy to be put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be global, right? But it ha- well, it starts with one company. It's just just like kind of emissions with cars or anything. Like if one country or one even state yeah. starts the flow, that means that they're not just going to um, only produce for that one area. So, mm. of course, they're going to raise the standards. their standards. Yeah. So hopefully that would, would trigger yeah. something global. Do, do you have any good example of legal uh, legal things happens maybe in California or in France or in Europe that are very that are going in the right sense in the well, right direction I mean I, I believe that the EU is, is very much moving in, in, in that direction um, I do believe the Scandinavian countries Denmark uh, Sweden uh, Norway they, they, they've been putting a lot of things in place yeah. for higher standards um, I believe France is coming along with that I I think if the UK didn't have the situation they do that, that they would also be moving there I cannot say too much about what the U.S. is doing, but hopefully states like California are, are pretty... Ushering the way. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're ushering the way into better system. You know, they're banning things and chemicals, and they've always been the leader in that space. So um, if, if California t- continues yeah. on that momentum, I think you'll start to see better um, and higher standards yeah. along the uh, yeah. Americans as well. Okay. We are talking very globally and big companies. What we are doing when we are a very small company, what to start with? Um, well, obviously, you have to decide what product you want to do. <laughs> um, but I think really evaluating, I was, I was in London, uh, we were doing the pop-up and, and some educational discussions about really saying what you're doing, which is how do you really um, navigate the space as a, as a young designer and starting mm. out? And I think one of the things that I, I, I kind of stressed over the, over the last few days was that You have to know your supply chain. You have to be intimate with it. You have to own it um, because that's who. That's what you're responsible for. You could you could be creative in selling products and opening new ways, but the idea that um, you you know where your goods are produced, you know um, the metrics along with how to dashboard that on your water consumption, your chemicals, these things all the suppliers can and will be. Um, I think mandated by the future of the business mm. to supply to you mm. um, and transparency and traceability, I, I believe is, is going to trigger the real opportunity for consumers to react to brands. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not trusted, then I don't believe that that consumer is going to continue to buy you in the future. Do you have any good, good practice or good uh, example of brand who are doing it the right way? Well, you know, Uh, there's a lot of greenwashing out there, so it's very, uh, very hard to, uh, unless you pull back the curtain and really have facts. Yeah. So, you know, um, I do believe people are trying. There's some younger brands that are starting, like Eveline, of transparent, radical transparency, and they're really moving into the environmental area. Um, you know, there's some big brands, but I'm not really sure that you can say... Um, Until you can actually see the numbers, and they're not really sharing those numbers. Um, and there's a lot of announcements and a lot of press around it, but until you really have the facts, I'm not quite sure that you can say uh, offsetting carbon uh, is not a solution, in my opinion. I believe that you really have to reinvigorate your supply chain. And if you are doing it, what what's in the stores now? You know, if... Only uh, 1% of your entire 90, you know, 100% of your production, 99% is real bad, and you're yeah. only doing 1%, that's great. I'm not, I'm not really sure that's, uh, that's a conscientious way to be um, 
I, I guess, announcing or marketing yourself. Yeah. Where do you see the biggest challenges in the coming years? Um, I, I kind of believe survival of the fittest is going to be the mantra here is that if you're not really uh, honest and you're not clear and transparent, that it's going to be a problem for you going forward. Um, I, I don't think the designer brands will survive um, or I don't believe uh, mass market brands will survive the way that they are in the current business model. Yeah. Breaking down and, and reevaluating and, and remodeling those those. Uh, those business concepts right now are really the most important. What I see as a challenge is, um, obviously, um, if we don't clean up the supply chain very quickly, um, it's going to have yeah. much more impact than where we are right now. Yeah. And that, I think, politically is, is a problem for us. So what we've seen on the Syrian crisis, um, if, if, if everyone now is running from China to Bangladesh, and Bangladesh is continuously flooding, And, you know, these are things that are, are going to happen. Maybe, you know, we're going to have mass migration from Bangladesh. I don't know. I mean, these are all things that you have to worry about on the, on the bigger picture. Yeah. And supply chain really uh, can help mm. minimize those things. Mm. Yeah, I remember my question now. Uh, I think one of the key points to make things move, moving, um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's growing the awareness, you know, it's, to, it's pedagogy, peda being pedagogical. Uh, how do you make pedagogy without being boring and, and without giving lessons to the people? Well, that, that's, that's why we're trying to really um, pull together uh, our, in our global platform. Because it, uh, people associate sustainable fashion with uh, not being so attractive yeah. or being edgy or yeah. cool or whatever. And it's quite the opposite. I just think that the information is not out there yet for people to access I don't think the um, opportunity for raw material or for fabrics or for trims has been highlighted and it's kind of sunk in and, you know, available to big brands um, and put on the side of many collections out there. But they need to be brought to the forefront. People need to have uh, everyday access to that information and every day the other stuff will go away, hopefully, and only the really true Um, you know, environmental and uh, social programs will come forward. I believe having information and communication and content available to people, um, big and small, um, is going to hopefully access or activate that change. Mm. All right. Um, let me ask you a quick rapid fire question. What do you want to close the door to in uh, our industry? Close the door to chemical, bad chemicals and overuse of water. Yeah. in the supply chain. There's only two things. If we could really conquer just really getting water and chemicals under control, um, of course, we don't want also social labor issues, but hopefully we can manage uh, and continue to push those human rights up um, because those are really important. I say because of the political ramifications, um, those, those go without saying. But if we can clean up the environmental side um, and keep... Uh, keep up the social uh, capabilities and continue to push the, yeah. the wages up, uh, that would be the offset of, and, the, and, the, and the proper balance that, that this industry needs. Mm. Where do you look at to get inspired? <laughs> Every day. I mean, uh, you know, looking at new innovations that are coming because trying to reinvent or retrofit an old supply chain is never going to probably be the solution. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so looking at new innovators in this space, um, I, you know, we have some here today. I know yeah. you were talking about uh, We Spin Die and lots of other uh, organizations that are coming out and incubating in this space. Mm. The problem is they're not available to many others and they're not scalable at this moment. Um, and so what we want to do is to keep an eye on all the scalable opportunities that can be unlocked into the marketplace. Mm. And once they have visibility and have people to can, who can access them, I believe that that becomes the norm yeah. and not, you know, not, not the, the selective. Okay. What is the last piece of clothes you bought? Uh, when was the last piece of clothes? Actually, everything I'm wearing is probably over six years. Um, I think the last thing I bought was a new pair of socks. Because Which, I had I had a blister. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the brand? No. <laughs> no, actually, it was uh, no. I don't actually. It was, I don't think there was really a brand to it. I was at the airport. So, okay. <laughs> um, who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Who who would I like to see listen to this podcast? I would like to see um, young students, young people who are coming into the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been discouraging people because of really the impacts. Um, and I don't want to see creativity stifled because of the bad things that we've been creating along the way. Um, and the way we haven't really taken care to be responsible. Mm. So um, what I would like to do is continue to get the message out that there are ways to do better. and be yeah. in this industry and to do it better. Mm. Mm. Of course. All right. Thank you very much, Janine. Thank you very much. It was, it was very to nice to be here. Okay. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 